Welcome to CYC's Personal Statement Podcast Season 2, Episode 2. We're going to start off with Miss Hannah, my co-host introduction. Hi, my name is Hannah Roten. I am a junior at Independence High School. Hi, my name is Jalen Adams. I'm a junior at Olympic High School. I am also a new member of the podcast club, and I'm super excited to host my first ever episode with Hannah. I'm so excited to be here with you for your first episode. I'm a little nervous to host today, but no worries. This is going to be super fun. It's nice to work with other fellows, especially in these, you know, quarantined times. Speaking of collaboration, I want to share something I learned about our guests last week. Honeywell and Bank of America have partnered up to distribute COVID vaccines at Carolina Panther Stadium. It's funny, actually, I was talking to my father about this and he reminded me that my grandmother actually got vaccine vaccinated at the Bank of America Stadium and look what they had. I don't know if anyone could see that, but it clearly says Honeywell. It's definitely a small world and it's really amazing what Honeywell is doing for the community. And just last week, we had our first career club meeting with Honeywell employees and were able to network and meet some amazing people. Yes, that experience was really awesome and everyone was really friendly and gave great advice. But our guest today knows Honeywell like the back of his hand or like his best canine friend, Jolly. Today, our guest is Darius Adamchek. He is the chairman and chief executive officer of Honeywell. Mr. Adamchek earned his MBA from Harvard University, a master's degree in computer engineering from Cycross University, and a bachelor's degree in electrical and computer engineering from Michigan State University. He is also a member of the Business Roundtable, Business Council, and Council on Foreign Relations. Good afternoon. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm I've been uh, thinking about this event for a while, and I couldn't be uh, I couldn't be more thrilled to talk to all of you. I, I'm sure I'm probably more nervous than all of you, so uh, hopefully you won't ask me questions that are too tough. But uh, I'll try to answer the best I can. Thank you. We're really excited to have you, and I guarantee you, you're not as nervous as us. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Buckle up and let's get personal. As the chairman and CEO of Honeywell, can you describe your role to us and what that means to Honeywell? Wow, that's a big that's a big question. I don't even know how to answer that one. Um, well, you know, at a, at a top level, I'm I'm the leader of Honeywell. So sort of that, you know, anything that's good or bad that happens in in, in at Honeywell, I'm accountable and responsible for. Sometimes it feels like I'm more account- accountable for the bad things because there seems to be a preponderance of those. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, I, I'm the, the business leader and I'm the one that uh, also the, is the leader of our board. Um, and just to give you a little bit more of a flavor for Honeywell, because probably some of you have, who have heard of Honeywell probably are thinking, oh, yeah, I know who what Honeywell is. They do those like round thermostats that you may have seen on the wall. That's probably what Honeywell is all about. I got bad news for you. We actually don't do that. That's no longer been part of our portfolio. We used to be in that business. The biggest business is actually aviation and aerospace. So more or less, if you think about it in very simple terms, other than the very large engines and uh, aluminum, the metal part of the aircraft, we more or less make just about everything else that goes into an aircraft. So the avionics, the aviation, the wheels and brakes, the uh, all the internals is is our by far our biggest business. But you did mention that you feel like you're responsible for both the hard times and the good times. 
with that being said, what is the best part of your job and what would you say is the toughest? Um, well, the best part, let's start with that one, is when, when things start succeeding. I mean, when, when things work, whether, you know, whether it's succeeding in our business venture, whether it's helping our communities, whether it's having an impact on the state, the country, the world. I mean, those are the things that, um, that really get me excited and get a lot of our employees excited. It's, uh, you know, and I think COVID is, is a period of time where I felt like we really had a pretty deep impact on the world. So whether it's, you know, conducting a mass vaccination event, whether it's building these N95 masks for medical responders, whether we develop new packaging for uh, vaccinations, as you can imagine, there's going to be a need for billions upon billions of uh, vaccine vials, and we built a lot of those. Um, and that's extraordinarily re rewarding. Uh, but I would also tell you that as COO, CEO, that your ratio of bad news to good news is like 10 to 1. Because anything bad that happens, you hear about it. And somebody is unhappy, you hear about it. And, um, you know, so sometimes a lot of that kind of people challenges, and sometimes we have to make tough decisions, which frankly, we don't want to make, but we kind of have to make because, you know, we also are owned by our shareholders and they want to generate a financial return and to trying to balance all the different constituents. Because I, I always feel like we have four different groups that we're always trying to keep happy and you can never kind of keep them all happy. The first one is our shareholders, the people that really own our stock and, and kind of are the owners of the business. I, I don't own the business, I just run it for them. The second group is our employees. You know, our employees are a big constituent group and I wanna make sure that they're happy and that they're satisfied with what they do. And I wanna make sure that they're excited to come to work every day. The third very big important group is our customers because without our customers, we don't have a business. And we wanna make sure that uh, our customers are happy that we provide a good service for them. and. Um, and we serve them well and in a way which is um, satisfactory to them, and they continue for more business. And the last group, which is one, frankly, that we've been getting more and more involved with and, more, and really important to me personally, which is our communities, having a very positive impact on the communities where we operate. So you know, we actually operate um, in over 100 countries worldwide. And, um, you know, we try to do something for the community and we strongly believe in being a good corporate citizen. And, and it's especially important here in Charlotte and North Carolina because it's our global headquarters and it's got to start with the community that we're here. So you know, sometimes balancing those four groups, you know, because everybody seems to complain that we don't do enough for group this group versus this group and so on. And it's never easy to keep all four of them happy all at the same time. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges that sometimes I have. We also heard that you wanted to be a guest on our podcast. So everyone wants to know, how did you get involved with the Carolina Youth Coalition? Well, I, I would say there are two, two ways. Number one is um, there was a very, so as you, all of you may or may not know, Honeywell actually relocated their headquarters from um, New Jersey to Charlotte, North Carolina, almost 
almost two years ago. And there's a similar effort that we were highly involved in in New Jersey. So um, it's, it's, so, so we love the mission. We love what uh, we did there. And then through friends, um, essentially became familiar with CYC, uh, Luke and Catherine Kassam, who are good friends of, friends of ours. And uh, they told us a little bit about what's happening there. And, you know, I, if I can, and for me, it kind of became clear that if I can talk to all of you and share some experiences, some of the things that worked for me and, you know, some of the learnings that I had is I thought that would be a great chance for us to talk and, and talk about some of the things that are in your mind and share some of my experience. Thank you. That sounds just so amazing. I'm glad we have people in the business world who are really looking forward to having communication with the following generation. You did mention the importance of education, so we do want to touch a little bit about your background as well. As juniors, we are getting into figuring out what college we're going into and what universities we'll be attending, and we will eventually choose our best fit. So as someone who has three degrees, all very impressive, by the way, what were some factors that helped you decide where to continue your education? Well, I mean, I grew up in, in Michigan. Uh, as some of you know, I actually immigrated to the U.S. from Poland when I was uh, 11. Um, so it was kind of an interesting experience because I got dropped into an English-speaking class without knowing a word of English. That's, uh, that's an interesting it's a very interesting experience. Um, so, you, you know, imagine yourself getting dropped into China or France or a language you don't happen to speak and kind of going into their class. And, and that, that, was, that was challenging. But um, like anything, you know, over time, you pick things up and they become easier and easier. But I grew up in Michigan after that. And, uh, you know, frankly, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So I knew that we needed to, I needed to go to, uh, local school that was state school because it didn't cost as much. So I looked at uh, some of the local schools like uh, Michigan Tech and Michigan State and Western Michigan. Michigan seems to have a lot of these directional uh, schools, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, but uh, uh, I cho chose Michigan State because I thought it was, uh, it was a good school, a good engineering program, which is something that I wanted to do. Uh, I won't lie. I, I like the uh, I, I like the fact they had a very well established athletics program. Athletics has always been a part of my uh, kind of something I've always been interested in. Whether playing sports myself or follow or be just being a fan, it, that was a factor. Um, I didn't want to be that far away from home. Um, I mean, it, it was about an hour and a half from home, and I thought you know, I didn't want to go halfway across the country. And I really liked, uh, but probably the overwhelming factor, I really liked their engineering program. And I thought that uh, that's something that I wanted to do when I uh, finished college and, and all those things kind of fit. And if I may just kind of chime in with another maybe piece of advice or something I learned, which is um, when I was, even when I was, you know, 11th grade, when I was a junior or sophomore or even senior in, in, in high school, I really thought about where I need to go and I worried about it. And, you know, is this better school than this one or, you know, but, but it's probably not as like, I, to be honest, I worried about it a little bit too much. I, I, uh, 
because a school is what you make it, which is you, if, you know, where, wherever you decide to go, whatever college you happen to pick, it's fine. It, you're going to do fine. And just to make the most of it. Um, but don't, I think that there is almost too much stress and focus on where you go and this and that. And, and, uh, you know, what, what I've learned is it's what you make out of it and, and what you want to get out of the school, because the school will give you as much as you want to put into it. And I always found that to be true. And I found that to be true at Michigan state, found that to be true in Syracuse university. And I found that to be true in, um, at uh, Harvard too. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, stress too much over the school. I know it's important. I know that all of your counselors and so on are trying to help you. And, and I'm sure all of you will make a great choice. And whatever you make, it'll be, it'll be a good one. But don't, don't, I wouldn't stress too much over it. And speaking of advice, what advice would you give to high school students who want to pursue a similar career in engineering or STEM? Well, I do think, you know, I, I, this is probably a place that I, I do think a STEM or engineering or science is, is a good background. I mean, that's how, how I started. My undergraduate was in engineering. My graduate, my first graduate degree was in engineering. And, and as you can see, I'm not an engineer. I'm a business person. So I took a big turn in, in terms of my career and I changed the direction and path of my career. And, um, but I will say this, um, I do think engineering, if you, if you like science and if you like math, if you hate it, okay, that don't, you know, don't pursue something you really don't like because typically if you don't like something, you're generally, it's harder to do well in it. Um, but if it's something you really like and enjoy doing, engineering is, and STEM is a good, good, good initial degree to pursue, even if you don't end up being an engineer your whole life. I, I do think that having learned sort of structured and analytical thinking and analytical approach to things and being comfortable with quantitative analysis and numbers and so on is has been helpful for me in a business career, which is really not, you, know, you don't have to be an engineer to be, have a successful business career, but I do think it helped me. Um, so I, I, you know, and frankly, if you look at our future and if you look at such needs such as computer science and the digitization of everything in the world, um, and hopefully all of you will come to work for Honeywell when you graduate, uh, I always have an opening for software engineers and so on. And you know, the demand is so high for that, that kind of a background that I just think it's, uh, it's a good career path. If you like it, if that's what you like to do, it's okay if you don't, don't, you know, again, don't feel pressured to go into a field you don't really like or an area you don't enjoy. Some of you may have be more interested in the arts and, and that's fine. And you can have a great career net. For me, I happen to like the high, hard sciences and math and so on. And that's what I decided to initially do. But this sem semester at CYC, we started a Young Investors Society to learn how to build healthy financial habits and the basics of investing. It's been really interesting to see people learn. However, are there more ways to invest in our futures than just financially? Over the years, how have you learned to invest in yourself? Uh, that's a great question. Um, 
Well, I, I think you always have to be open to learn. I think that's really, really important. Um, and I don't, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're 15 or 16 or you're 55 like me. I, there's, there's so much to, um, there's so much more to, to learn and there's so many more opportunities to learn. And I think my wife's on the call, so, you know, and sometimes, um, so I'll give you an example that, that she finds annoying sometimes, which is when I read books, I don't really read fiction. Um, I either read autobiographies or I read history books or because I'm, I'm curious about how things worked or how somebody led or the president who was there 200 years ago. Or So I'm always curious about learning something different or how does the how do economics of a developing country work? And so when I, for example, these days when I don't have a lot of time for kind of free reading, and but when I do, it's I'll read something that's either a history book or a subject that I'm interested in and so on. And um, and it's because I'm curious. I just want to continue to learn. And, you know, you don't necessarily stop learning after you graduate from high school or college and so on. It's I strongly believe that learning is kind of a lifelong journey. And hopefully I'll still feel that way when I'm 75, because you know, there are so many things that I want to learn about and understand how they work and so on. And, and I do think that will help you in your career, no matter what you do. If you're curious about the world and you're curious about how others and you're open to taking on new ideas and processes and thoughts. And you know, I'll give you a personal example. I mean, I, uh, I take some of the strongest and the best CEOs that, you know, either are here today or have led in the past. And I read a lot of their books and I try to learn about how they did things and how they led and what they did. And, you know, it kind of helps me to augment and, and uh, my own style and what I do and some of the things I agree with. And it's not as though I kind of copy what they did, but, um, I certainly use that, and I, and I would encourage all of you to really do that. Is you know, life, learning is a lifelong journey. It's not just when you're in school. And if you you don't know, pick the things you're interested in, that's what makes it fun. But I do believe that we are now going into the fellow Q and A section. If any of you all have a question for our guest, Darius Adamchek, drop them in the chat, and we'll choose a free few to read out loud. Wow, there's some great ones here. Well, I'll start with this one. As a child or even in college, did you ever think you would become CEO? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, I, you know, being CEO of, of a company was sort of, I'll be honest, for a long time, I just thought that was, uh, I don't know if I could get there. I, I mean, there, there, I had a lot of self-doubt um, about whether or not I could really get to be the leader of a company. And um, and I can tell you, it wasn't probably until my mid to mid thirties or early thirties that I say, well, maybe I could do this. Maybe I have the ability to do this. And I've always, I've always been fairly ambitious and a lot of perseverance and, and, uh, and kind of grew, had more and more confidence as, as I went along. And, um, and probably, you know, once I got to my, I would call it mid-30s, it's something I really wanted to focus on and spend a lot of time and energy. And you know, it's not as if though you can just say, well, you can focus on what will happen, but you, you work hard, you think about your career track and 
think about some of the think experiences you want to do. And you know, sometimes good things happen. Um, did you face any challenges being an immigrant as a CEO? Um, I would say no, uh, not as being a CEO, but I can tell you, um, I fit, felt a lot of challenges being an Im immigrant when I was your age, because um, hopefully, you know, they don't too much exist anymore, but there was, uh, when you're different and when you're, don't speak the language very well and, um, when you don't understand all parts of the culture, it can be challenging. So I think it was, uh, I would say it was pretty difficult for me growing up actually, um, and trying to persevere through that. As a CEO, being an immigrant, really, I haven't faced that at, at all. It, 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 but I would say when I, when I was your age, it was, uh, I would say it was, was much more challenging than, than it ever than it is now. Uh, do I have any regrets about uh, my journey? Anything you would change? Uh, Here's there... one from Miss Maria, one of our advisors. When you reflect on your journey to CEO, is there an opportunity you took advantage of that led you to where you are now? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I and this is this is going to be a little counterintuitive, which is. I generally pursued the opportunities that were the hardest, meaning they really challenged me, stretched me. I wasn't completely sure if I could do them. Um, and I almost asked for those kinds of assignments because when you take over, when you take on an assignment, it's easy and you do a good job with it. Okay, well, that's fine. And you'll get, everybody will be happy, but it's, I noticed that in journey as a, to being a CEO, it's it's really taking on assignments that are very very difficult, doing things that are extremely difficult, and you know whether it's taking over a business and making it better, whether it's coming up with a new solution for customers and so on. So I've always tried to pursue things that were hard um, and challenging and so on. I mean, you know, even engineering is a as a major in college is not the, I will, I will tell you, it's not the easiest major you can have. There are others you can pick that are gonna not challenge and, and, and stretch you as much. But I always believed that kind of taking a, a bit of the more challenging road, and it certainly paid off for me as, uh, as a CEO because it really kind of helped me prepare for that and frankly got me noticed and gave, gave me more opportunities to do things. Because when, when you get noticed and you can prove that you do something well, you get more doors open to you. And I, th I thought that was very much the case for me. Well, we had a question about what are your keys to success? Oh, that's a, wow. Uh, keys to success. Uh, well, there's a few things. One is, um, you know, this is a little bit cliche, but but it really is true. Um, you do have to, you have to, I've always worked hard. I, I just think there's a correlation between hard work and, and good outcomes. So I would say, you know, that's, that's one. Um, you have to recognize what's important to you. So I've always tried to 
in this job, it's pretty hard. I try to maintain some level of balance between my professional life and then my family because I wouldn't be very happy in life if I didn't have a good family and a good family life. So I try to, you know, it's not perfect, but I try to make sure that I also spend some time with my family and maintain some level of balance. Um, you know, I've talked a little bit about this before. I try to stay curious. I try to learn. I try to make, you know, becoming a little bit better uh, and trying to become a bit more self-aware um, important because especially for CEOs, I mean, a lot of people don't give you much feedback. You don't get, you know, go do this different or go do this better or you don't get that anymore. You don't get grades anymore. Uh, you kind of maybe do in terms of how your stock or your business does, but but you don't get a lot of personal feedback. So you have to, in a subtle way, be very aware of some of the body language, some of what people do, how they say it. So I try to be self-aware. I think that's another kind of key to success. Um, and maintaining relationships, maintaining good, positive relationships and you know, kind of what I call, you know, the say-do ratio. I think that's maybe the last one, which is when you say you're going to do something, when you tell people you're going to do something, then do it. Um, I think that's really, really important because it helps to maintain your credibility. Um, it helps to have others trust in you because they can say, well, when, when Darius says something, he either does it or does his absolute best to do it. I think it's important to, to have that. And that's true of whether you're in the business world or school or personal relationships. I think that's really key. Uh, we wanted to take a moment to personally thank you for being a supporter of Carolina Youth Coalition. Our audience might not know this, but in addition to financial, financial support from the company, Honeywell employees donated dorm and sanitation supplies to ensure our college fellows who went to campus last fall were ready to start the semester safe. In addition to the dorm room drive, Honeywell donated over 4,800 masks to CYC that are all available for fellows and their families. Let's show Honeywell some love with a round of snaps. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's the least we could do. And frankly, uh, we, we look forward to continued support of CYC. We think it's a fantastic cause, fantastic institution. Our last question before we transition to our closing, one that I'm sure every fellow is wondering about, does Honeywell have any student internship opportunities specifically for high school students or college students? We certainly have them for college students. Um, you know, we, as a matter of fact, we hire a lot of college students. So I hope that all of you will come back and work at Honeywell because there isn't a better company in the world to work for. Um, and yes, I'm saying that a little bit tongue in cheek, but you know, the great thing about Honeywell is that if you really want to have a positive influence on the world in a meaningful way, whether you want to have enable people to fly and go from point A to point B, whether you want to help people conserve energy and have a much more and greener future whether you wanna provide solutions that enable us to operate in e-commerce, whether you wanna provide solutions for healthcare workers and so on, 
Um, we do all these things and you can go across industries in Honeywell and have exposure to all these different kinds of industries and technology and challenges and things that we do. So, um, so certainly as uh, we do have some internships uh, and we will, we'll, we do hire aggressively. Thank you. That sounds just so amazing. I'm glad we have people in the business world who are really looking forward to having communication with the following generation. And now we have come to the part of our show where we ask each guest to leave us with their personal statement. So 100 years from now, when people think of Darius Adamczyk, what is the statement you want to have made to the world? Hmm. Wow, that's a tough question. I you know, I, I don't know if I have a grandiose statement that I can, you know, there's probably people who are going to be much more eloquent, but I feel it's something, something relatively simple is if I could have a positive influence on the world and, and running Honeywell, and I've done that, if I could have a positive impact on running the company, if I've had a good family life, my family and I have one daughter that's very much your age. She's, she just turned 16. Um, and if I can do all those things relatively well, not perfectly, then I'm going to feel good about my life. Um, and uh, if people just remember some of the things that we as Honeywell innovated and hopefully my daughter will go on and have a great career and whatever, whatever field she decides to do, then... I'm really going to feel good about it. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily have some big grandiose vision that I have to fly to Mars or do all those kinds of things. Um, if, uh, if we can, if I can have some influence on the community, my family, and so on, and make the world a better place, then I feel, I feel very good about my time on Earth. It's probably as simple as that. And you are making an impact, as you can see, with the COVID vaccinations at Bank of America Stadium, America Stadium, and so many other things. Your technology helps people on a daily basis. And um, the fact that you consider your daughter one of your greatest impacts is just so touching to me. This was an amazing conversation. And I want to thank you personally, Mr. Darius, for the fun and impactful conversation. I can't believe I was ever nervous to interview you. It was a pleasure to learn about your journey to success, about your journey as a father, your path in Honeywell, and just thank you for coming on the show. Well, Jalen and Hannah, great job, first of all, and in, in the interview, this was, this was uh, both of you did an incredible job. Um, I want to thank you for that great interview. And, and I really, the other thing I want to tell you is that I wish all of you this tremendous success and in your careers, it's very clear to me, all of you are gonna do just a great things in life. All of you should feel proud about being part of this program and being part of this. And, and I'm counting on all of you. I'm counting on you to make this world, this next generation, a better place than it is today. And, and Honeywell is always a place where I hope you will feel like it's home. And I hope that all of you consider it uh, as you move forward in your career. and and we are so proud to kind of help you make that transition from high school to college. And you can rest assured we're going to continue to support the program, not just through financial and other means, 
but really through hopefully recruitment of many of you as you graduate from, especially from colleges and, and coming to work for us. So I hope to, well, maybe I'll still be around then and hopefully I'll get a chance to see you, all of you as, uh, as uh, co-workers. And thank you again for inviting me. It's been an extraordinarily rewarding experience for me. And uh, I wish all of you the best of luck in your careers. Thank you.